Hey there, welcome everybody. This is James Lindsay. You're listening to the New Discourses podcast. We're going to do another little series. This is kind of an education. Um, I'm not going to read through an old school document or book or whatever um, for this series, which I want to call The Strange Death of the University. I'm going to read instead through a very new document that was published sometime this year. Let me see if I can find the actual date. It says published in 2022, but it doesn't say which month. Um, But this is a uh, document that is written by UNESCO, which is the United Nations Education, Science, and Cultural Organization. And it is their Education 2030 document, so that it ties directly into what the United Nations calls Agenda 2030. And the title of the document is Knowledge-Driven Actions Transforming Higher Education for Global Sustainability, an Independent Expert Group on the Universities and the 2030 Agenda. So, what we hear is that UNESCO, in collaboration with, or in pursuit of, I should say, the uh, United Nations Agenda 2030 uh, program, or a, a, the, the, it's funny to say the Agenda 2030 agenda, uh, is trying to put forth a document to explain how to transform higher education, and not just to transform higher education, but to do so specifically for global sustainability. So if you don't know a lot about Agenda 2030, That is where we get our 17 sustainability development goals or sustainable development goals, the 17 SDGs to transform our world. That word transforming is appearing a lot. We've heard it in the title of this document. We hear it in the 17 sustainability goals themselves. And um, that word transform is is a, a dialectical word. It is a word that in fact means to transform dialectically. It means to apply dialectical, whether it's materialism, idealism, or um, culturalism, to transform the circumstance to a higher level understanding, a higher level of operation, to sublate it as the Marxists translate it, or to Aufheben as it was in German, as frequent listeners to the podcast will be familiar with. So I want to read this in sections, much like I have other essays. Um, this is a, this document is a total of exactly 100 pages long, so I'm hoping to break it into a few sections, a few different podcasts for the series. What I do not intend to do is read the fourth chapter, which I think is boring, uh, having read the entire thing recently. Uh, but I do want to kind of go through the summary and the... Um, I, what do you call it, the executive summary and the kind of introductory materials and then the first chapter of this today uh, in this episode. And then we'll do um, we'll do numbers, uh, chapters two and three, or most of them in future episodes. And what we'll do, I want to do something with five and the last part of chapter four, but most of chapter four I'm going to skip. There are parts of two and three that I think get a little weedy also that we might skip out on. But I want you to hear what the what UNESCO, so in, in essence, what the United Nations is suggesting we should do with our colleges and universities in uh, 2022. Now, what I also want to remind you of is that the universities are obviously broken. They are possibly broken beyond repair. And into the space of this brokenness, 
is where we find this agenda being thrust. And so we have an agenda to transform higher education. Now, you know, if you transform higher education, you transform a lot of other things down the line. The Marxists figured out in the 1960s and 70s, Her Herbert Marcuse, Rudy Deutschke, um, drawing off of the newly available and translated uh, work of Antonio Gramsci, uh, for examples, uh, looking at the success of what Mao Zedong did with his march through the Cultural Revolution, 1966 through 76, these Marxists were all kind of looking at this in this late 60s, early 70s, that kind of decade, 66 to 76 period, and thinking about how to take over society. And what they really under, came to understand and came to realize was that we we often hear, and I know Andrew Breitbart kind of summarizes from the critical theorists, and we often hear that politics is downstream from culture, but what these Marxists realized, and this is why Paulo Ferreri is so relevant, etc., is that, in fact, culture is downstream from education. Uh, Herbert Marcuse is talking about introjecting new values, new rationality, new sensibility, and he's wanting to do it through colleges and universities. He's very explicit about that, not just in Counter-Revolution and Revolt in 1972, where it's an explicit call that he makes, but he also mentions it, mentions it throughout his other writings in um the 60s, 1964, One-Dimensional Man, it's prominent there. 1969, The Essay on Liberation, it's prominent there as well. And Essay on Liberation, let me be correct. Um, we see this emphasis then on education because if you educate the educators, the college professors or whatever, or the colleges of education, then you, in the first round, you're going to educate all your professionals. And so you can embed in them new rationality, new sensibilities, etc. In fact, a new sensibility for sensi for sustainability, which is what I've said in previous episodes of the podcast, is Marcuse's realized new sensibility is sustainability, uh, where I called it the tyranny of the 21st century. A new sensibility for sustainability is explicitly what UNESCO is advising here. And so their idea was that if you can capture the universities and the education, then you're going to capture future professionals. If you capture the colleges of education, then you're going to capture the minds of every young person within a generation or two, or maybe three. Say now, 50 years later, you will have captured the minds of every young person. And then what you can do is you can use education and continue to twist it further and further and further into the Soviet, I mean, sustainable model. And, um, embed these ideas or values of this brainwashing more and more deeply. And so that's what the point of this document really is, uh, is to point out that the universities are going to need to be remade to become Marxist programming or thought reform or brainwashing mills, not for DEI and woke values and all the crap that they've been doing, but specifically sustainability and the more specifically the sustainable development goals of the United Nations and the 17, uh, 17 sustainable development goals to, to design to transform our world into their weirdly new neo-Marxist or neo-communist utopia. Um, I want to frame this before I get going, though. I want to draw your mind back to another podcast I did that I said that I would want to be talking about more in the future, and I'm not going to belabor the point here, but I did a couple of podcasts about the necessity of theology when I took the time to read um, very unexpectedly after having been given a gift of two books by John Henry Newman uh, when I was in Dallas, Texas at the uh, University of Dallas, 
last November, uh, at the beginning of the month, they very generously gave me two of John Henry uh, Newman's books. One is the idea of a university, and the other is um, A Grammar of Ascent. I have not yet read A Grammar of Ascent, but I read most of, it's a long and challenging book, most of an idea, or the idea of a university. And I took a lot away from what I read in the idea of a university, and I did a couple of podcasts about that, as a matter of fact, and one of them was a necessity of theology. What the argument was that John Henry Newman makes is he says, in essence, the theology is kind of, in, I don't know if he calls it the king of the sciences. I know that we might hesitate to call it a science at all by modern terms, but he's writing in the 1850s. And so um, what he says is that what a theology accomplishes. Now, of course, he's a Catholic and a very devout one, so he's pointing it in the direction of Catholic theology. But what, an, what a theology accomplishes in essence is that it binds and orients the other schools of thought into a single direction that's pointed toward the kind of uh, highest pinnacle idea of the good, in other words, the divine, the holy. And so all of the other fields of knowledge are going to be bound together in pointed in a particular direction, and that particular direction is going to be pointed, you're going to be literally the definition of what what is good, and uh, the highest conceivable goodness. And so the idea of a theology is, is that it binds and orients other schools of thought, and I've argued at length in particular other schools of philosophy. Um, I have named this list keeps growing as I keep realizing more pieces, but I've said that it, you know, deals with ontology, which is a theory of being, axiology, which is a theory of values, teleology, which is a theory of purpose, epistemology, which is a theory of knowledge, sociology, which is a theory, a theory of society. There's also an anthropology, which is like a history <clears throat> and accounting of man. And there's a cosmology, which is kind of an accounting for the world. And there's kind of all these elements. And you can kind of see how the whole universe of thought gets caught up in these. And so John Henry Newman's argument is simple, is that if you have a university, which is named after the universe of thought, and all the universe of thought should be there, then you probably have to include theology, which is the only line of thought that thinks about these things universally and binds them and orients them in a position in her direction, I should say, that is good. And so... What his argument continues is that if theology lapses, as he was already worried about in the 1850s within the university, and of course he argues for Catholic theology quite passionately, uh, challenges Protestant theology, but that's irrelevant. In some sense, any theology might actually do for this part of his argument. He says that if theology is missing, what will happen is that the other domains will try to pick up the job of theology, which is to bind and orient all of the fields of thought into a particular direction that is aligned with what is the highest good. And in particular, they will do it badly because they aren't equipped to do it. Only theology is equipped to do it and do it well because that's what it is the science of doing. It is a science of binding and orienting all of human conception into the direction toward the divine or the highest good. And so if the sociology department comes into existence, let's say, and decides that its role is actually to direct the binding and orienting of thought by, say, looking at the sociological factors that are going on throughout the university, um, you might be in trouble because it's not actually equipped to do 
sociology is not actually equipped to do a full ranking kind of theological bigger picture thought. Sure, sociology is one of those pieces of thought that has to be within a theology, but there were a bunch of others that I named. I named, for example, if you recall, I named ontology. Not only is there a thought of divinity, but there's an ontology, an axiology, an epistemology, a teleology, a cosmology, and an anthropology all, all that have got to be included as well. And so when you think about it like that, his warning was quite prescient. His warning really said that in the absence of something serving as a theology, we're going to see departments like, say, sociology or the humanities having taken over. The, the, you know, the humanities, which used to be about um, teaching about the human elements of things that we do, art, literature, etc., and connecting people to the great works of humanity teaching them as the humanities, and it kind of got repurposed to Marx's humanizing program. The humanities became a program of humanizing the world, which sounds like it's the same thing, like it's bringing art and it's bringing literature and it's bringing those human elements of things, but that's not exactly what Marx meant by it. Uh, he kind of did, but what he really meant was that man's things that pass through man's mind and then that man creates, he creates for his own purposes and maybe even in his own image in some sense. And in so doing, he's making the world more human because he's making the things in the world more suited to human use. And so he's humanizing the world. And so the humanistic vision at the heart of uh, Marxism got imported into the humanities. And as it turns out, the humanic, hum humanistic vision at the heart of Marxism is latched onto a whole kind of clandestine Trojan horse theology that I've been developing under a series of, you know, podcasts here, lectures in Phoenix that are coming out on the Sovereign Nations YouTube channel now uh, talking about the theology of Marxism specifically. And this Trojan horse theology of Marxism came in through this humanizing function that the humanities wrongly adapted themselves to do not at least because the critical Marxists in the 1960s realized that this was a humongous opportunity that was happening for a variety of reasons in the university that they could take advantage of and that they could encourage and stoke. Now, of course, they're, they're latching onto the success that the feminist movement was already having, and even to some degree, the so-called African-American studies movement or ethnic studies movement were having, and they latched into those things pretty quickly. But at any rate, John Henry's, Henry Newman's warning that other fields, especially the very presumptuous humanities, which had become the humanizing or Marxist humanism department, as opposed to the humanities department, they were no longer teaching humanity. They were teaching people to go and humanize the world by making it more suited for people who think like them. His warning that if we didn't somehow safeguard this kind of sacred duty of binding and orienting knowledge toward a, con a stable conception of the good and doing so through theology or whatever that's kind of abstract cousin is, that other fields of knowledge are going to step in. They're going to do it. They're going to do it badly. And what he didn't warn about, but probably should have, is that sooner or later, some Trojan horse like the humanities is going to shovel in a bunch of Marxism. And we're in big trouble at that point because the university can be subverted to a new theology by thinking it has no theology. It's almost like if you read the Dialectic of Enlightenment, the key critical theory text from the 1940s, which says 
um, the reason becomes unreason. The the rejection of myth becomes its own mythology. And of course, you're thinking of Sam Harris when when you hear that because he's like the living embodiment of the point of that book, um, especially now, <laughs> especially now. Uh, but uh, perhaps also you realize kind of that this um, demystification at the heart of Marxism, which the dialectic of enlightenment was actually trying to serve, this so-called demystification becomes its own mystification, and you find out that the entire premise of the dialectic of enlightenment is, but uh iron love book projection. But we digress. So what's happened is this has matured to the point now where we have explicit calls, not just to install diversity, equity, and inclusion deans and officers and faculty, and to have diversity or equity, inclusion, whatever, sustainability or whatever courses showing up in universities. But we now have the United Nations putting out a white paper at 100 pages long this year, which is written, as you'll hear, sort of like it was written by a dumb fifth grader um, that I'm sure has a PhD. Uh, but anyway, uh, has put out this document saying very explicitly that we're going to bind and orient the university in a particular direction. And the name of that direction is going to be the Sustainable Development Goals behind Agenda 2030 and the 17 Sustainable Development Goals in specific. That should make it really clear to you what's going on and what's happening. The university has lost its way. It has died a strange death, which is why I want to call this series a strange death of the university, in which it has been able to be supplanted from within by abandoning anything like a theological core, entering into the kind of dialectic of its own in belief in enlightenment, uh, and then being subverted by, in fact, the same exact ideology that was criticizing it for that, being subverted by that thing, having a theology of its own that came in as a Trojan horse, primarily through the humanities department, but also where those humanities linked up, especially theoretically with the social sciences department, because so much of the social sciences grew up within the Frankfurt School. As it turns out, Eric Fromm, for example, uh, was a Frankfurt School psychologist. Theodore Adorno's most famous book, which was with a number of other authors, is The Authoritarian Personality, which is a very crooked psychological investigation that's led people, misled people now for getting on 70 years or thereabouts into believing that only right-wingers can be authoritarians, that left-wingers can't be authoritarians. What a shocking idea that the critical theory school would put that out. Um, but at any rate, let's see what the United Nations has now that they're going to bind and orient. They're going to offer the new sustainable theology for our universities to bind and orient them in a single direction. Let's hear how they want to talk about that. So they give a short summary at the beginning. The 2030 agenda must be embraced by higher education institutions. That's in gigantic bold text at the top. That's not like the first sentence. That's the biggest, that's the, if you only read one thing in this entire stupid document, that's the thing they want you to know. The 2030 agenda must be embraced by higher education institutions. Now let me pause for one second. Let me pause for one second and point out that there are still a lot of people in this world, somehow, inexplicably, inconceivably, who believe that the 2030 agenda is a freaking conspiracy theory. It's all over their website. It's plastered everywhere. They have a symbol for it. It looks like a little wheel of colored rect or colored prisms in a circle with an empty middle. I call it the Eye of Sauron. That symbol is on this document, as it would be, of course. It's in 
paper after paper after paper they publish. The 2030 Agenda is not a freaking conspiracy theory. And what they're telling us in bold, the key most important thing of this whole document is that the 2030 Agenda must be, must be, not should be, not could be, must be embraced by higher education institutions. They have in a little circle bubble thing on the page in big blue writing, higher education institutions must take on a stronger role to tackle the world's most pressing issues, which of course they say are solved by the sustainable development goals. So here's how they explain it in this summary. With 2030 less than a decade away, it is paramount to think critically, uh uh-oh, and act urgently. I thought that was white supremacy culture. If we are to achieve the sustainable development goals. So think critically, huh? Wonder why that's there. Higher education institutions are uniquely positioned to contribute to the social, economic, and environmental transformations that are required to tackle the world's most pressing issues. See, only Marxists believe that we have to have fundamental social, economic, and environmental transformations to solve the things it considers to be the most pressing issues of the world. Only Marxists think that way. But here we are. This report thoroughly discusses the role of higher education institutions in contributing to the 2030 Agenda through a focus on three interrelated themes. One, the need to move toward inter- and transdisciplinary modes of producing and circulating knowledge. That's in Chapter 2. We will talk about that when we get there. The imperative of becoming open institutions, fostering epistemic dialogue, and integrating diverse ways of knowing. That's a lot of fancy words to say that we're going to use diverse ways of knowing. In other words, we're going to follow Paulo Freire's idea that knowledge is actually a kind of form of uh, bourgeois property when we define it as actual knowledge. And instead, we have to open up the idea of knowledge to allow indigenous knowledge and most importantly, political knowledge in through diverse ways of knowing. In other words, we're going to let phenomenology in as a knowledge generating program or what he described in uh, the politics of education as no longer adopting an epistemological attitude to understand the world, but a gnosiological one. In other words, one that's, that's centered upon the idea of gnosis, of special divine knowledge that allows us to escape the prison of being that we're all trapped within in the kind of Gnostic line of thought. And then three, the demand for a stronger presence in society through proactive engagement and partnering with other societal actors. So this means that they're going to make, they're going to put a lot of pressure to make higher education institutes, as they call them, HEIs, as they call them, more and more central to the way the entire community operates. They're going to they're demanding, in fact, a stronger presence in society for the for for universities. We know how screwed the universities are, or maybe you don't realize that they are easily the most screwed thing in our society. They are the most badly infected with the woke, sustainable, blah 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 virus. And they are the probably hardest and last things that'll be cured, more than likely. They're completely corrupt. Completely corrupt. Unbelievably corrupt in regard to this. And the goal is to pressure to make sure that they are the most important things in every single community. In other words, when we used to say when things were going a little crazy in 2015 and 16, we all live on campus now. Does anybody remember people kind of saying that? And it was cute. That's actually the goal that we will all live on campus now. And you know what living on campus is like, if you think about it for a minute, you send your kids there within weeks, they're radicalized. They want us all to live on campus now. 
Anyway, the report directs attention to the systemic barriers that have inhibited transformations in these three areas so far. Transformations, it's such an obsessively weird word. And provides advice and examples on how to achieve this. The report calls on higher education leaders and actors, of course it does, to push for transformations within their institutions using the report's recommendations to critically reflect and act. Hmm, theory and praxis. To critically reflect and act on their role for achieving the 2030 agenda. So you got to go focus on this orientation of the highest good, achieving the 2030 agenda, and you've got to figure out what your spiritual duty, your duty of conscience is as a higher education leader and actor to make this come about. They have a little quote here. I actually had looked over this before I missed it. Quote, since wars began in the minds of men and women, it is in the minds of men and women that the defenses of peace must be constructed. End quote. No attribution given. So the title of this thing again is Knowledge Driven Actions Transforming Higher Education for Global Sustainability, an independent expert group on the universities and the 2030 agenda. And they write a forward. This is a really interesting little forward. Transformation is the red thread running through. Let me just read that again. Why is the thread red, by the way? Are there any, I don't know, huge ideological movements that have associated themselves with the red color? It's certainly not the Republican Party in the United States, is it? Because that doesn't seem like what the universities are in favor of. Maybe something else that calls itself red. Maybe something that has a big red flag with, I don't know, a yellow hammer and sickle on it. Transformation, which is a fundamentally Marxist dialectical concept, or even a Hegelian dialectical concept, or any hermetic dialectical concept. Transformation is the red thread running through all the sustainable development goals. The United Nations agenda for responding to global challenges facing humanity and the planet. <laughs> the red thread. Transformation is the red thread running through all the sustainable development goals. That's an amazing sentence. Setting our world on a more sustainable course requires radical <laughs> shifts in current developmental paradigms that are exacerbating inequalities and imperiling our common future. This transition is dependent on new knowledge, research, and competences that only higher education institu institutions are in a position to provide, rooted in their historic role of service to society. While many higher education institutions are already contributing positively towards sustainable development, much deeper and far-reaching transformation is essential. It is not enough to simply recognize in an aspirational way the paramount role that higher education institutions can play in the relation to this agenda. They've already done this. It's not enough to think of it as something you aspire to. You're going to have to dedicate to action, to praxis. It's not going to be enough to aspire. You're going to have to do it. The typical extortion racket. Rather, it is essential to look at what really stands in the way for these institutions to contribute significantly to the sustainable development goals and thus to a fairer, more humane, democratic, inclusive, and peaceful future for all. Listen to those words. So the sustainable development goals are going to give us a fairer, more humane, humanized, democratic, you know, not bourgeois democracy, but ideal or communist democracy, 
inclusive and peaceful future for all. This is the standard bill of goods for communists to try to sell their program. Theirs is the only world that is fair, humane, democratic, inclusive, and peaceful. Everybody else's is fascist or, uh, you know, imperialistic or whatever else uh, it happens to be. Stratified, dehumanizing, democratic only for the bourgeois, so exclusionary and full of war. To determine how these barriers might be overcome requires reflection on what kinds of knowledge are necessary, whose knowledge is needed, and how higher education institutions can address these challenges and their impacts, both within academia and beyond in an increasingly diverse and yet interdependent society. Now, if you don't know that the word interdependence is going to make a big part, is going to become a big part of your life soon if you don't start, if we don't stop things, interdependence is what they want to replace independence with. We won't have independent individuals. We will have interdependent people and groups. We're going to not have Independence Day. We'll have Interdependence Day. By the way, that's been a thing for almost 20 years. I think 19 years this year. Interdependence Day. Um, It's tomorrow when I'm recording this. I'm actually recording this on September 11th, but they're trying to make it the 4th of July. It was the 12th of September originally, Interdependence Day, with the goal of using um, the tragedy of the September 11th, 2001 event as a catalyst to become interdependent. Uh, to depend on one another, to cooperate more globally, to make sure that something like that wouldn't happen again, which is shady. And then now they're trying to move in the last few years, move Interdependence Day to the 4th of July, which we see what that's about. But notice what it said. We're going to determine how these barriers might uh, be overcome, barriers to attaining the sustainable development goals, of course, requires what? Reflection. It always requires reflection. And what are they talking about? The kind, What kinds of knowledge are necessary? Ten bucks says it's critical theory. Whose knowledge is needed? I bet you it's commissars. And how higher education institutions can address these challenges by becoming uh, tools of the revolution. That's how. Um, the UNESCO Global Independent Expert Group on the universities in the 2030 agenda was precisely tasked one year ago with advancing this reflection and making recommendations. Uh, sorry, I was trying to figure see if I could figure out what the date of this document was, and I, I confused myself. I do not know. This is a boring paragraph. The UNESCO Global Independent Expert Group on the Universities in the 2030 Agenda was precisely tasked one year ago with advancing this reflection. Advancing this reflection. That's what Hegel said. You're always speculating or reflecting upon and making recommendations to inform the third world conference on not third world, like in the third world, the third, as in, I I assume like number one, two, three world conference on higher education to be held in Barcelona in May, 2022. So now this is why I was looking for a date. This was before May, 2022, but it was published in 2022. The sustainable Development goals require a change in outlook and practice that are reflected in this report. The expert group advocates for more inter- and transdisciplinary approaches in education and research because only a holistic approach can design adapted solutions. 
Again, with the Marxism not even hiding. That's what a holistic approach refers to. If you remember, one of the central tenets of the Hegelian and thus Marxist view is that you can't understand the parts without understanding the whole within which they're integrated. It's not that you have an upper class and a lower class in opposition to one another. It's that being in opposition to one another puts them in a dialectical relationship as a as a as a as a, as a, a collected whole. If you remember what we talked about with Ferrari, it's not that that you know people have there are, there are people and then there are marginalized people or there are people in fact who are being marginalized by the power that's marginalizing them. That if you think of marginal marginal versus you know centered, the process of marginalization is you can only understand the idea of a margin by understanding that it's part of a bigger whole uh, and that there's a process of marginalization that's doing it. There is a that the stratification of society isn't a fact of society. The stratification of society is a process that's being pushed by the people who benefit from it. That's really the Marxist view. But understanding this thing holistically, and this was a huge point for Hegel, you have to understand the the parts or to understand the parts, you have to understand the whole. You have to understand the parts in relation to the whole. That's really this holism is at the center of kind of the Hegelian theology in terms of how it thinks the dialectical process has to play out. See, because that's the way that that works. You have your your two contradictory ideas, and then you have the higher level understanding that sublates them, that Alfhaben that cancels or abolishes, but keeps and lifts up. So you have this 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 sublated higher level view, but the way you obtain that paradigm shifting higher level sublated view is by seeing the opposites, which seem to be an antagonistic relationship with one another, as intrinsic parts of a greater whole. There isn't male and female. There is male and the female that he subordinates. They're part of a bigger whole. They're not different things. And it's all a process of subordination. Literally, much of feminism twists around that one crazy belief. A lot of Jacques Derrida's ideas about language, the postmodernist, revolve around that idea and the concept of what was called phalagocentrism, which is the idea that the phallus uh, is, so the straight and the male is put into kind of a primary position in understanding words. There's no such thing, you hear this throughout queer theory, there's no such thing as a heterosexual without a homosexual. And this sort of, you can't understand the particulars, homosexual and heterosexual, without understanding the whole, which is a system of power in which one is privileged and one is oppressed uh, by virtue of the unjust favoring of something over another in their view, their view of social construction. This is how they think about everything. This is what this holistic crap they're mentioning here is about. And it's so easy to just glide by this and not realize it. That that's really what they're talking about. So I don't know how we're ever going to get through this because there's so much buried in everything Marxist. But we'll carry on. This is by a, a woman, though one shouldn't assume, named Stefania Giannini. Um, so only the, a holistic approach can design adapted solutions. Whatever an adapted solution is, I'm sure it's Marxist. It stresses the need for universities to become more open institutions, able to integrate diverse cultures and knowledge systems, which we already know is just a pretext for putting in Marxist op- officers, and to take a more democratic approach to knowledge sharing. Well, of course, a more democratic approach because democracy is what you get when everybody's equal right, under communism. It urges for a much stronger presence in society through awareness-raising outreach and partnerships. So the university is going to be even more, we will all live on campus. 
The objective is for sustainability to become a core practice and purpose of higher education institutions. Did you get that? Let me say it again. The objective is for sustainability, which I call the tyranny of the 21st century. I said it's the new sensibility that uh, Herbert Marcuse was searching for. The objective is for sustainability to become a core practice and purpose of higher education institutions reflected in structures, programs and activities, putting students in contact with real world problems and immersive experiences. As we are now less than a decade away from 2030, it is more urgent than ever, white supremacy alert, to think critically (laughs) about how higher education institutions can take on this role in supporting the necessary transformations toward the 2030 agenda. To do so in a meaningful way, higher education institutions must look both internally at their modus operandi as well as externally and how they relate and contribute to society, taking a human rights approach to all education and research. They must become more inclusive of all sectors of society in the student body and faculty. More, 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 more of the ideology. I wish to applaud the comprehensive work undertaken over the past year by the members of this expert group. Yeah, give yourselves a hand and invite all higher education stakeholders to engage with the discussion in this publication. Well, I'm going to count myself among those. I'm glad I'm here. Are you? Our hope is that this report will act as a reflective piece, of course you do, and of course, and, and encourage higher education leaders and stakeholders to do what we want, I mean, to, to think critically and act urgently in support of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development, because it is our very survival and common future that is at stake. So just throw a little existential risk right on there. So like I said, that was written by, that forward was written by Stefania Giannini, Assistant Director General for Education at UNESCO. And now we go into an About This Initiative that is a page which is really shocking. Um, so this is the initiative of UNESCO, their Higher Education Task Force thing. And so the the, the title, this is the, literally the section or the, whatever, the section header says About This Initiative. Okay. And then in italics, right under it, it says a call to the global community of higher education institutions. First of all, community, they always want everything to be a community because then somebody gets them, they get to set community standards that make it so how everybody's, they get to determine how everybody's going to participate. Screw you. You're not in a community of higher education institutions. If you run a higher education institution or if you're involved in one, you're not in a community by the fact that there are similar things to you that doesn't de facto make you a community. You have no obligation to these other fuckheads. And you have no obligation, especially to these jackasses that are going to set the terms for you because you're in a community and they set community standards. Stop falling for this trick. The black community, the gay community, this community, that community. We all have to work as a class. We have to have class-based thinking. The higher education institutions community. Everybody's in a community. The broader community of the communities are going to be... They always do this shit and people fall for it all the time. And it's always some blue-haired busybody that's going to come up with your freaking community standards that's going to ruin everybody's life. But anyway, somehow about this initiative is a call to the global community of higher education institutions. They're not competing with one another. They're supposed to march in lockstep for particular goals set by the community organizers. I wonder why they're called community organizers. And of course, community should put you in remembrance of the same word with the same root, which is communist. 
anyway, the About the Initiative is a call to action to a community that they want to influence. And here's how they, here's how they start it. I wish I could have made this up. This is just unbelievable. Ready? About this initiative. In 1964, inspiring the 1968 student revolt a couple of years later, Herbert Marcuse wrote a key text against one-dimensional man, urging universities and campuses around the world to become places that resisted reductionism. P.S. That means became critical theory institutes. He urged for thinking that would show us alternatives beyond the universalizing forces of current rationalism. P.S. That means that they become critical theory institutes. Universities, especially through higher education, could pave the way for human development. That's Marxist. Independently of industrialized society. That's what One Dimensional Man said. They start this thing off by literally citing Herbert Marcuse. But anyway, universities, especially through higher education, could pave the way for human development independently of industrialized society, giving attention to that which is not captured in the universals of one-dimensional man formed to serve the productive consuming society. He created visions for alternatives. Yeah, Marxist utopia. Above all, his call was to the universities and to the students in particular as they occupy those key positions outside of productive society, still on the outside but geared toward the processes of its reproduction. I keep telling you guys all about this thing. The, the critical Marxists, by the time we get to the 60s, this is what Freire is all about, is this thing, the problem of reproduction. Critical pedagogy that took over our schools is about solving the problem of reproduction. The problem of reproduction is just invoked right here. This is a Marxist concept. And that is, these kids are going to college, they're going to get degrees, they're going to go get jobs in the existing society, and that's going to support the continuation and reproduction of the existing society. They're going to like the society because it works for them. They have good jobs in it. They su they're succeeding in it. They became part of the successful group that upholds the existing society while ignoring everybody that it oppresses because it benefits them. Above all, his call was to the universities and to the students in particular as they occupy those key positions outside of productive society, still on the outside because they haven't got that job yet and they're radicalizable before it's too late, but geared toward the processes of its reproduction. And what Marcuse's great idea was is that you guys, you students, can go like little viruses. You can learn to be Marxist critics in the university and then take that with you out into the world, into your new jobs, and bring that ideology with you and start transforming the world from within. That's the idea. So what do they say about, not only do they invoke one-dimensional man and Marcuse, what do they say next? In many ways, we now need to reread this, because the change that was called for has failed to materialize. We already live, more or less, live in Herbert Marcuse's world. It's just not finalized, and it's not materialized yet. So we have to reread at the beginning of this document for how to remake colleges. The very first thing they write, after telling us that there's a transformation as a red thread that runs through it all, the very first thing they write is that we should use Herbert Marcuse as the guide to what universities should become. In many ways, we now need to reread this 
because the change that was called for has failed to materialize. In 2021, we have experienced dramatically increased inequalities, especially due to the COVID-19 pandemic, loss of biodiversity, accelerating climate change, and increased burning of our non-renewable energy sources. None of this, actually, except for COVID-19, which is a gigantic wealth transfer to the wealthiest people on the planet by destroying our small businesses and mandating billions and billions of dollars go to the pharmaceutical industry. But beyond that, um, and the loss of biodiversity has not actually... I don't know what they're talking about. This is not increased inequalities, accelerating climate change, fake news, and an increasing burning of non-renewable energy sources has increased inequalities. No, actually turning them off is causing people to freeze and starve. You've got it. It's exactly backwards. The 2030 agenda is a global framework aimed at radically turning this development around. Yeah, it's doing a great job so far, guys. Leaving no one behind except, you know, every German who's not rich most of the UK, basically all of Sri Lanka. How's Ghana doing? What's going on in the Netherlands? You happy to live in Canada today? How's it going there in Australia and New Zealand? And securing a planet and a world that is inclusive and habitable also for future generations. And if you're out there and you're MAGA, remember the president of the United States literally just said repeatedly that we're like the problem in the whole world. Like we're, we are the enemy class, that we are like it's unbelievable, but it's going to leave no one behind as long as you only count the people who are on board with the program. The University of Bergen, in collaboration with a joint university initiative in Norway, quote, SDG Norway Higher Education and Research, end quote, approached UNESCO for a dialogue on how we at the universities around the world could engage in these pressing issues of our time. Well, here's how I suggest it. Stay the fuck out of them because you're a bunch of assholes. The, the era of academics having a freaking say in anything political needs to be over, and it needs to be over 20 years ago, 40 years ago, maybe. So sit this one out. That's what you need to be doing about these pressing issues of our time. You need to sit down, shut the fuck up, and get out of the way before you ruin a bunch of shit that you really, really depend on. And so do the rest of us. That's what you need to do. But you didn't realize that. Instead, you did this. The UNESCO Assistant Director General for Education, Professor Stefania Giannini, was invited to give a keynote at the annual and national SDG conference in Bergen in 2018. Here we started the discussion on how the 2030 agenda challenges. I'm trying to figure out the dates if those will work out. Here we started the discussion on how the 2030 agenda challenges uh, sorry, the 2030 Agenda challenges us as researchers, teachers, and leaders of higher education and research institutions to think differently. It doesn't. It requires you to shut up and stop it. Through the joint SDG Norway Higher Education and Research Platform, universities in Norway called for a global conversation on these issues, and UNESCO responded. What a big surprise. We called for a conversation, and the communists showed up. Subsequently, the process of this expert group was ignited. The 14 experts who formed the group and the author of the current report were nominated and selected on the basis of scholarly background and achievement. Bullshit. You're sympathetic. And representing a variety of different trajectories, scientific disciplines, and institutions, ensuring gen geographical and gender balance. How about ideological balance? Not there, is it? 
They were tasked with proposing guidelines and actions for how universities can facilitate the necessary knowledge development and new research and education strategies that can generate the deep-going transformations needed in our society, economy, and environment. The result is the current report. They neglect to point out that everything they just said is super Marxist. Our aim and our sincere hope is that this report and its advice to governments and higher education leadership can become an object of discussion and conversation in the global higher education community, which I, James Lindsay, will add, does not exist. It is a tool of extortion. Stop thinking about you belonging to some greater community where they're going to put social pressure on you to behave a particular way that you know is bad. Stop it. Even more importantly, that it might create a dialogue between higher education institutions and other sectors, business and industry, policymakers, and civil society among them. We need to ask, how do we, in campuses around the world, start the important process of thinking of alternative futures? Just like Herbert Marcuse. So this was by Annalyn Erickson, Vice Rector for Global Relations at the University of Bergen, and Peter J. Wells, Chief of Higher Education at UNESCO. We're going to skip the acknowledgments, which I'm sure are great. i got to scroll down past the table of contents. So they invoke Marcuse and call it a red thread right from the beginning. Let's pop onto the executive summary. And I don't want this to go super long, so we'll, maybe we'll do chapter one in a separate podcast. We'll just bust into the um, through the executive summary here and have this all framed out. The strange death of the university. Um, again, I want you to keep just thinking. Let me draw you back since I'm not in any rush, because I'm not going to add that whole extra chapter, um, draw you back to John Henry Newman and his warning in the 1850s that if the university isn't oriented toward, isn't oriented by a dedicated uh, department of theology, whatever we mean by that, that's something we could think through. It's going to get, it's going to put itself in the risk of that, the, the job that that department would do is going to come into the position where the job that department would do is going to be done by somebody else. And I'm claiming that the humanities department stepped up to that task overwhelmingly, along with the public administration apparatuses, and they overwhelmingly imported a communist theology, the Marxist theology, into the heart of all of this. And now they are to the point where they're openly saying it. Now they're saying we are going to, we're no longer going to do research in a bunch of fragmented departments. We're going to be inter and transdisciplinary. We're no longer going to do things the way we used to do. We're going to bind and orient the university in a particular direction, which is toward the sustainable development goals of Agenda 2030, which is not a conspiracy theory of the United Nations. So now this executive summary, and we'll call it uh, a podcast, universities and more broadly higher education institutions, HEIs, if I happen to say that, it means higher education institutions, it means colleges and universities, need to use the knowledge they produce and their education of new professionals. Remember, if you get the college professors, you eventually get everybody in society need to use the knowledge they produce and their education of new professionals to help solve some of the world's greatest problems as addressed by the Sustainable Development Goals set out by the United Nations. Okay, now hang on. You might believe that it's true. I don't even know that it's true. That the universities have an obligation to use the knowledge they produce and their education new professionals to help solve some of the world's greatest problems. I don't know if that's even the job of the university. Problem solving might only serve a limited role within the university's overall mission, but they're assuming it's central. 
And then they say further, but it's not enough for you to create professionals who might identify and analyze and maybe doubt or critically analyze what those world's greatest problems are. They're not going to find out what the world's greatest problems are. We're going to tell you what they are. They are the ones addressed by, thus not just identified within, but also answered by a particular agenda set up by the United Nations called the Sustainable Development Goals, SDG. Humanity, they tell us, is facing unprecedented challenges, most strikingly so in relation to climate change and loss of nature and biodiversity, as well as inequality, health, the economy, and a suite of issues related to the 2030 Agenda. Given this new... Let me just pause again. They're doing the existential fear thing. They've already done it a couple of times. But they're saying, okay, universities have got to train people and create knowledge to solve problems according to the Sustainable Development Goals, which were set out by this organization called the United Nations. And everything is going to focus around, and this is what I want to really bring your eyeballs on, to an agenda. The university is to adopt an agenda, not a mission, not to educate or nourish, you know, young minds going through process of intellectual maturation or whatever it happens to be, whatever it is the university thinks it's supposed to do. No, it's supposed to adopt an agenda, the 2030 agenda put out by the United Nations and its sustainable development goals. The university is no longer, let it be very clear, with the advent of this document to the degree that this has taken up, although it's already sort of, um, you know, the state of affairs, uh, it is. it can never be thought of again that the universities are meant to be uh, intellectually free institutions. Academic liberty, academic freedom will not exist, should not exist, as a matter of fact, according to this. Because it has to adopt an agenda. Its agenda can't be to seek truth. Its agenda can't be to uh, identify and solve the problems of the world. It has to be the 2030 agenda set out by the United Nations. We will not have free independent universities. Therefore, we will not have free independent research. Therefore, we will not have free independent learning at all as this goes into implementation. And that ship's halfway sailed. It's already out of the port. The university is being told by the United Nations that it must, the university's overall higher education institutions across the board throughout the world are being told by the United Nations they must adopt an agenda, a particular agenda, Agenda 2030, and the Sustainable Development Goals written within Agenda 2030. This is the death of the university. The university is no longer a university. It is now being transformed into a think tank apparatus to advance the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. That's a very strange death for the university. It's a very dialectic of enlightenment death for the university. But why do we have to do this? Because it's the new reality. That's what they say. It's a new reality. So it must be. They said it. It must be a new reality because they said it. Reality must be completely different because they realized microaggressions exist at some point. Given this new reality, and what does this new reality look like? Given this new reality in which the future of humans, along with other species, is at stake, it is time for HEIs, higher education institutions, 
and their stakeholders to systematically rethink their role in society and their key missions. See? See? The university is to abandon its existing mission and replace it with Agenda 2030. It's explicit what it's asking them to do. Given this new reality in which existential crisis, be afraid, oh no, make a bad decision, it is time for HEIs and their stakeholders to systematically rethink their role in society and their key missions and reflect on how they can serve as catalysts for rapid, urgently needed, and fair transition towards sustainability. Your mission statement at your university needs to go. The whole view of all of the missions of the university need to go because it is key that you need to reflect upon how you they can how universities can serve as catalysts for rapid urgently needed and fair i mean socially just transition towards sustainability the complexity of the issues at stake means the solutions should be a part of a radical agenda that calls for new alliances and new incentives a radical agenda. Of course it is. How do people not... Why do people think I'm crazy? Listen to this. It is also time for HEIs to make sustainability and uh, SDG literacy, Sustainable Development Goal literature, Literacy, core requisites for all faculty members and students. Let me read it again, because I'm sure you, you just heard that and you were like, I couldn't have said that. It is also time for higher education institutions to make sustainability and sustainable development goal literacy core requisites for all faculty members and students. So, you know, you go to college and everybody has to take a little bit of math or everybody has to take a little bit of literature or everybody has to take a little bit of history. Or maybe they major in engineering and they have to take basic engineering Every engineer has to take basic engineering, or they're a mechanical engineer, they have to take the mechanical engineering sequences. Core requisites. Now is going to be sustainability and sustainable development goal literacy. It is time to make them core requisites for all faculty members and students. Sustainability education should bring students into contact with real-world problems in immersive experiences, appreciating the greater good, I kid you not, I kid you not. Appreciating the greater good of both people and planet. In other words, communism and humanization of the world. The greater good of people. That's social contract theory. That's Rousseau. Rousseau got warmed over by Hegel and got warmed over again by Marx. The greater good of both people, like the people, like the People's Party, like communism. Appreciating the greater good of both people and planet, and contributing to values beyond mere monetary gain, listen to this, will further enthuse and inspire students and faculty mentors alike. You see, in two plus two years plus one for the or plus the enthusiasm of the workers, we can complete our five-year goals in four. Two plus two equals five, just like in the Soviet poster. It will enthuse and inspire students and faculty mentors alike to get co-opted into a fucking agenda. Ultimately, these people are in a cult. These people are, are excited about this, and they want you to be part of their religion, and you're going to be a convert, and when you're a convert, you're going to be enthused and inspired to do a lot of new convert stuff. Ultimately, the educational culture at universities and 
higher education institutions needs to encourage students to learn via experimentation and critical thinking from multiple perspectives. Critical thinking from multiple perspectives means critical consciousness. We already know this. We already know this. This is a lie. This report is undoubtedly about the SDGs. No kidding. However, it is important to realize that these will expire in 2030. Oh, it won't be enough. We thus strongly recommend that higher education institutions, while being a part of that agenda, should also look ahead, not only to implementing the Sustainable Development Goals, but also to being intensively involved in crafting the next steps and goals beyond 2030. A long-term perspective needs to be adopted for both higher education institution activities and policies. The call this report makes, this is what they're asking, demanding. The call this report makes is for universities and higher education institutions to play an active part in an agenda that has the consensus of 193 countries and aims to resolve some of the world's most pressing problems, as stated in the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. That's a little wishy-washy. It's a little strange way to phrase that. The call this report makes, let me simplify it for them and then put it into context. The call this report makes is for universities and higher education institutions to play an active part in the 2030 agenda. Period. That's what it should say. But it says, in an agenda that has the consensus of 193 countries. See, everybody's doing it. You need to do it. This is just nasty peer pressure shit. Don't fall for it. And aims to resolve some of the world's most pressing problems. It says, as stated in the 17 Sustainable Development Goals, but what it should say is and to solve some of the world's most pressing problems in the view of some Malthusian death cult freak show power-hungry tyrant lunatics who happen to be communists. That's what it should say. But it says instead, as stated in the 17 Sustainable Development Goals. The challenge for higher education institutions is to embrace... Sorry. The challenge is for higher education institutions to embrace the 2030 agenda. There you go. Why not just say it simply? Because if they do not, it will be difficult, if not impossible, to achieve the sustainable development goals. All right, guys. Everybody asks me all the time, how do we win? How do we win? How do we win? How do we win? I don't see a pathway to winning. And I'm a blackpilling. Oh, no. We have to do this. We have to do that. No, you don't. They tell you all the time how fragile their freaking plan is. If higher education institutions don't embrace the 2030 agenda in lockstep, it will be difficult, if not impossible, to achieve the sustainable development goals. There you go. How do we stop them? Just don't do it. Some of you just don't do it. That's it. That's all. It's not hard. Just don't do it. Because if they do not, meaning all of them, it will be difficult, if not impossible, to achieve the Sustainable Development Goals. The Sustainable Development Goals represent a unifying challenge for all universities and higher education institutions. See, not some of them, all of them. And this must be reflected in plans and action for research, education, and outreach. So how do you stop the tyrants? Let me give you a hint. Just don't do it. When they're like, you have to do this, and we're going to make it really uncomfortable for you if you don't. You say, so what? I'm not doing that. I'm proud to take the hard road and resist you people because they're telling you the only way it works is if you just go along with it. Stop. Don't. It's not hard. Have a spine. Weather a little hardship. You're going to come out the other side better. 
Higher education institutions have played a crucial role as bringers of societal enlightenment and change over the centuries. I'm dialectic of enlightenment alert. Maintaining their role as free and critical institutions, not anymore, they have to sign up for a fucking agenda, while also, to varying degrees, aiming to perform a service within societies. Remember, your job, universities, it's to do services to society, and we're going to have to tell you which one you have to do. It is essential to maintain and encourage these important roles. This is called alter casting. They're casting the people that are reading this into a mindset. This is how we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to live up to. It is essential for people like you that we've just said what kind of people you are, you know, that you have service to perform in society, that you're free and critical, down enlightenment values. We've put you, this is who you are. It is essential to maintain and encourage these important roles and enable higher education institutions to combine their traditions of critical thinking with problem-solving activities while also adjusting their role in light of societal changes. Uh-oh. The future of humanity and our planet is under threat, and the need for critical thinking, critical, critical, and societal change, hmm, how about that, is therefore more pressing than ever. Pause yet again to appreciate that it is possible that the people who wrote this are in a death cult. And they want you to join the death cult. And they want to use the universities to make more people be in the death cult. Because they're in a death cult. Just let that be a possibility. Maybe these people aren't experts. Maybe they're freaking crazy. Maybe they're doomsday prophets. Maybe they're caught up in a cult. Maybe they don't know what they're talking about. And they're speaking from the position of being in a doomsday cult. Higher education institutions should inspire societal change when necessary, taking a leading role in the transitions transitions necessary for humankind and emphasizing that the need for change is immediate. White supremacy alert. This also implies that higher education institutions should think critically, God, it's like the fifth time in like two paragraphs, about their own practices, curricula, and research, and about how to motivate their employees, students, and society at large to do, their sa- do the same. So you got to rethink who you really are. So you're going to rethink your, your practices, your curriculum, your research, and then you're going to have to spread that virus to other people so that students and society at large will do it too. You are the catalyst universities. That's what they're saying. The opportunity for answering the call is now. Higher education institutions, their leaders, faculty, and students have specific roles and responsibilities in societal transformation. Bullshit. According to the type of institution and the problems faced. For this purpose, so the altar casting just came home, by the way. For this purpose, the structure and culture of higher education institutions have to change. You get that? The structure and culture of higher education institutions have to change. And the barriers to the necessary transformations within higher education institutions must be identified and gradually eliminated. So if there's a barrier to taking up the agenda, say like some faculty member with a spine and a conscience, they have to be gradually eliminated. If there's, um, you know, the desire to do actual rigorous research, as we're going to find out on certain topics... Well, that's got to be identified and gradually eliminated. Everything has to bend to the agenda. This is the death of the university. That's why I wanted to call this the strange death of the university. This report focuses on and advocates three main areas of higher education transformation. They just say this without the slightest amount of 
self-reflection that anybody might know what transformation means. One, the need to move towards inter- and transdisciplinarity in education and research. We'll talk about that in chapter two. Two, the imperative need, imperative need for institutions to become open, fostering epistemic dialogue and integrating other ways of knowing, which we know means installing commissars. And three, the demand for a much stronger presence in society in general through proactive outreach activities and partnering with other societal actors in order to build awareness of ecological deterioration and the SDGs in general and to influence policy. Okay, so the first two, whatever. The demand for a much stronger presence in society. So that's already where I live on campus now is the problem. But listen to what they actually say. Okay. Why are, why is the, how is the, they give you some hows, outreach, partnering, yada, yada. That's chapter four that I don't want to read the partnering thing. A much stronger presence in society in order to build awareness of what, to, of, of, of the things that say the university study, like your, prof- your research and stuff. No, a much stronger presence in society in order to build awareness of ecological deterioration and the S- sustainable development goals in general and influence policy. This implies directly intervening in experimental projects that test solutions with the participation of students. The report deals with some of the systemic barriers that might hinder progress in these three areas of transformation. Remember, anything that hinders progress, any barrier to the necessary transformations, must be identified and gradually eliminated. That's what they just said. We're literally talking about remaking the universities into literal cathedrals to the sustainable development goals of the 2030 agenda of the United Nations. This is a United Nations document. The recognition of the values of life and the need of all humans for quality life, uh uh-oh, sounds Marxist, requires a, in bold, reaffirmation of the human rights-based approach to the education we give and the research we carry out. I wonder if that means it is a human right to be educated. But, and the research we carry out. Human rights-based approach to the research we carry out. I wonder what that's going to imply. No, I don't. I know what it's going to imply. It means there's only going to be certain kinds of research that you're allowed to do in the name of academic freedom. This implies recognizing that achieving human rights for all is not possible unless we actively protect our natural resources from all forms, sorry, and all forms of life. So we can't achieve human rights for all unless we actively protect our natural resources and all forms of life and struggle constantly. Oh, constant struggle. Where have I heard that before? And struggle constantly against the power relations Oh, that's where I heard it before. Something, constant struggle against power relations reminds me of Karl Marx. Struggle constantly against the power relations that foster inequality and all forms of violence and discrimination. Jesus, just Marxism. It also implies an appreciation of the value of cultural diversity. We know what that means. Recognizing the contribution different cultures can make to progress toward these goals. Equity and inclusion are values that also stand out when embracing the 2030 agenda. The commitment to leaving no one behind becomes key, except deplorables and probably Ukrainians and definitely Russians and sorry about that Sri Lanka, you know. The contribution of HEIs, sorry, 
the contribution of higher education institutions is manifold, theoretical, philosophical, and clearly ethical. It must also be geared to removing barriers towards sustainable societies and the greater well-being of people on the planet. The universities have to be retooled to be geared to removing barriers towards sustainable societies under their definition of sustainable that they defined within their Malthusian death, death cult, where they believe that we're going to run out of uh, necessary goods or food or whatever, and people are going to die unless we have a controlled or reduced population. It's a death cult. It's literally a death cult. And if we don't go along with their death cult program, then we're bad people. And so the university has to be retooled or has to be bound and oriented toward this religion, this cult religion, so that it is geared toward removing barriers toward that vision of the world. The recommendations in this report address the ways in which higher education institutions, recognizing the very different cultures and contexts within which they have emerged and operate, can move forward toward each of these objectives and how the existing structural and cultural barriers discussed in the body of the report might be transformed. Well, just transform everything. Just transform the transformations. Why not? General recommendations. Higher education institutions have ethical principles and values. It is time to make them explicit and foster awareness and discussion around them. So you're going to have to change your mission to the Sustainable Development Goals, and then we're going to have to make it explicit and do what lots of fostering awareness, you're know, raising consciousness, and discussion around them. Critical thinking, uh-oh, is one of these values and needs to remain a core issue for higher education institutions, not least in relation to complex matters of sustainability and achieving the social sustainable development goals. You notice that they just kind of keep saying that? It's like it's a giveaway. It's a tell. Like, they might have thought it, like, you, the reader, might have thought that there was something else being implied by this general you know, aspirational, broad-reaching statement. So let's just remind you, no, we only meant the sustainable development goals. Beyond this, sustainability should become a core practice and purpose of higher education institutions and be reflected in structures, programs, and activities. Let me just make that clear what it says. Not only do you have to engage in critical thinking, another critical theory, into the direction of sustainability and achieving the social development goal or sustainable development goals beyond this sustainability should become a core practice and purpose of higher education institutions and be reflected in structures programs and activities higher education institutions are called on to face the complex problems of the world today as defined by them of course which is why they should incorporate inter and transdisciplinary activities in education that sounds like bullshit because it is in education and research and strengthen the relationship between research and education. It is also time to ensure that various ways of knowing, God, learning and sharing knowledge are visible. God, how do you not see what this is? And the HEIs have committed to them, and that for higher education institutions to foster dialogue and engagement with diverse communities, particularly those traditionally marginalized in these settings, just stick a knife in our neck now, acknowledging the value of difference. God, the same problem. But what it means, of course, is that you're going to use this as a pretext to bring in political officers. That's all that is. There's a whole lot of sounds kind of broad-minded and stuff so they can bring in political officers to ensure that various ways of knowing, learning, and sharing knowledge are visible and that Higher education institutions have committed to them. 
So feminist glaciology is on the menu, baby, because if you're not, then you're a sexist. And for the HEIs to foster dialogue and engagement. God, I'm so sick of fostering dialogue and engagement with diverse communities, especially the marginalized ones, so we can acknowledge the true value of difference. Among the responsibilities of higher education institutions is sharing and democratizing knowledge. No, it definitely isn't. And building awareness of the consequences of unsustainable ways of production and consumption and the problems of inequity and exclusion. Okay, listen, universities. There's there's an and here, but listen, universities. Listen, people that work in them or care about them or have any power over them whatsoever. If you adopt this agenda explicitly, not only is it the strange death of the university, the same thing that's waiting, what's waiting for you is the same thing that's befallen the CDC, the FDA, your university already, especially if you're an Ivy League, to a yet another degree, which is that people just won't trust you anymore. You are actually going to destroy yourself if you do what this says. Your responsibilities are not building awareness of the consequences of unsustainable ways of production and consumption. There's your one-dimensional man, by the way. And the problems of inequity and exclusion. Your job, your responsibility, is not to adopt a nakedly, highly unpopular political agenda that's going to discredit you even further. The alumni of elite institutions at this point have virtually every right and probably have standing to sue you people, sue the Harvard Endowment all the way down because you're squandering the value of their degrees. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of Harvard graduates had degrees that were worth more than they, uh, they were worth more in the past than they are now because you've already taken steps down this road and it's going to continue. Sooner or later, you're going to devalue those degrees so much that some clever lawyer that graduated from Harvard or Yale or Princeton or Brown or whatever is going to turn around and sue your asses. Not from Stanford, because Stanford is literally a communist front organization, so they're obviously all communists and they would never do that. Just saying. It is not among your responsibilities, but there was an and. Among the responsibilities of higher education institutions, let me just skip the boring part, is building awareness of the consequences of unsustainable ways of production and consumption, the problems of inequity and exclusion, and of the need to progress toward the 2030 agenda. If you think university leaders for one damn second that your responsibility is tied up to the need to progress to the 2030 agenda, you might as well just watch your institution fall into irrelevance and mockery. Your your institution's already a zombie. It's already dead. People already don't trust them. We send our kids to universities today, not because we want them to get an education, but because we don't know how else to do it. If we had any idea, if any human being in the country right now had any clear idea on how to make sure their kid could be successful in our highly corrupt, bogus, credential-based society that you guys are the gatekeepers for, all we have to do is solve that problem. And you're making it easier and easier by discrediting yourselves. All we have to do is solve that problem. And nobody's going to fucking college again. Nobody. It's over for you assholes. Nobody. You have already discredited yourself. You walk down this road, you discredit yourself, not one more notch, but in order of magnitude more notches. You're going to destroy what the university is by saying that it's 
core responsibilities are the need to progress toward a fucking political agenda. No, no, no. Do you not understand what you're doing? Again, I called this the strange death of the university for a reason. I'm like passionately crying out to you people, please stop. Please stop. Please open your eyes and stop. I'm not being very professional though. It is strongly recommended that higher education institutions strive for a more equitable representation of all sectors of society. Just kill yourselves, guys, because that's what it's going to do. In both the student, not people, by the way, the institutions. In all sectors of society, in both the student body and the faculty, and strengthen lifelong learning activities. Yeah, just like H.G. Wells said in The Shape of Things to Come. Lifelong learners. Recommendations for education. Students will become the workforce of the future. Okay. And as such, they require a strong ethical grounding, so they commit to and strive for sustainability and inclusion in their activities. How can you not hear that a corrupt, bogus theology has inserted itself into your mission? Students will become the workforce of the future. That's true. And as such, they require a strong ethical grounding. Probably also true. Why? So that they commit to and strive for sustainability and inclusion in their activities. Let me read that in cult so you can understand it. Let me, let me make it real obvious. Students will become the workforce of the future, and as such, they require a strong ethical grounding so that they can commit to and strive for sustainability and inclusion in their activities. To provide a holistic outlook on the problems and their possible solutions, we should really do that in more cult language. To provide a holistic outlook on the problems and their possible solutions. More inter- and transdisciplinary programs and study programs on sustainability issues should be developed. Seriously, it really says that though. For this purpose, study programs must include inter- or transdisciplinary courses related to sustainability development goals. Are you kidding me? And how do you not see through this universities? God, I'm frustrated with you people. In education in general should employ inclusive approaches and respect for diverse cultures and knowledge systems. Students need more opportunities for engaging in experiential and dialogic activities. Hi, Paulo Prairie. How are you doing? Dialogic activities. Dialogic education. They need more opportunities for engaging in experiential and dialogic activities with different communities in society, like the oppressed ones, where they can learn from them about the pedigree of the oppressed and be radicalized and be reborn on the side of the oppressed and their own personal Easters. Just like Paulo said, Student and faculty participation in building education around sustainability should be strongly encouraged in a continuous effort to internally democratize higher education institutions around priority issues. Recommendations for research. Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand academic freedom. Uh-oh, if they said that, you damn well know they're about to say that you're going to have to limit your academic freedom. You're not going to be able to study certain things. You're going to have to study certain things certain ways. You know if they started off that with the saying, we're going to commit to academic freedom, that they are going to say the exact opposite for the rest of this paragraph. Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand academic freedom for the promotion of systemic change. Oh, 
It's for the promotion of systemic change. Oh, I see. So you, ex you, you protect and expand economic freedom when it's for the promotion of systemic change. But otherwise, hmm. Basic and curiosity-driven research should also be maintained as a core principle where relevant, but not where not relevant. However, higher education institutions should also strive to move beyond the traditional separation of basic and applied research. Internal incentives should be adapted to foster research projects, programs, and centers that deal with the degradation of nature, climate change, and inequalities, nothing else, as well as those that require the participation of multiple disciplines. Guess where that's going to come? Guess what they're about to tell you? We're going to have to include multiple disciplines in all of your research projects. Guess which ones are going to have to be included? I bet you can guess. I bet you can guess. But it actually says it in black and white. These should, in all cases, include the social sciences and the humanities. Oh, the ones that turned Marxist. Alternative research methodologies such as participatory action research should be experienced and refined to progress toward the co-production of knowledge with diverse communities and transdisciplinary research. That's not word salad. That is saying they're going to we're going to protect and expand academic freedom in those directions. Nowhere else. More emphasis should be put on sustainable development, goal-related achievements, and broad research for careers, curricula, and promotion of researchers. See, when you have this weird agenda, of, say a political agenda, that's guiding what your research is allowed to be, what the conclusions are supposed to be, which ones are going to get funded, which ones are going to get encouraged, you aren't doing basic research anymore. You're engaging in political corrupted research. You might as well have the sugar industry paying you or the pharmaceutical industry or some other huge industry paying you for, you know, coming up with crooked results. You might as well because it's the same thing. This is the same thing. This is the corruption of your research because they're going to create incentive structures, right? It's very clear what they're trying to do. More emphasis should be put on social or sorry, sustainable development goal related achievements and broad research. More emphasis should be put on SDG stuff for careers, curricula, and promotion of researchers. Ranking systems that discourage collaborative and committed research should be radically revised. More collaboration. Let's back up a couple sentences. These should in all cases include the social sciences and the humanities. Consistently with the role of the higher education institutions as democratizers of knowledge, open access publications and open science policies should gra be gradually embraced, and the dissemination and application of research results should be expanded. Recommendations for outreach and community engagement. Now, I am going to come back to this paragraph in a minute, by the way, um, but... We will continue. Recommendations for outreach and community engagement. Outreach and community engagement policies must be much more proactive to fulfill the role of higher education institutions in sustainability. Policy advice, engagement in societal projects for sustainability, and the involvement of different sectors of society to partner in taking action toward the sustainable development goals have to be strengthened. Awareness raising that explains sustainability problems and favors policies, societal relations, sorry, societal actions, and personal behaviors that combat climate change, nature loss, and inequality among the different sectors of society clearly needs to be expanded. Yeah, you need more of that. Sorry, math department, not as important as the gender studies department and the climate change propaganda department. 
free open knowledge platforms should form part of these activities, creating and participating in networks between academic, civil society, and economic sectors with a focus on collaboration towards sustainable development goals should also be stepped up. Existing multilateral networks between higher education institutions for the purposes of fostering collaborative research and education projects should be strengthened and new ones developed. Partnerships between higher education institutions in high, middle, and low-income countries should be revised to make room for more equal and productive relationships and emphasize capacity building for sustainability. Imagine every time this report says sustainability if it said Jesus instead, and we were talking about a literal theology. Outreach and community engagement policies must be, must be much more proactive to fulfill the role of higher education institutions in Jesus. Policy advice, engagement, and societal practices for Jesus and the involvement of different sectors of society and partner in taking action toward the Jesus development goals have to be strengthened. See what it sounds like? Awareness raising that explains Jesus' problems and favors policies, societal actions, and personal behaviors that combat climate change, nature loss, and inequality among different sectors of society clearly needs to be expanded. Free blah, blah, blah. Right? And we'll skip a couple. And everything says the same thing again and again. Partnerships between higher education institutions in high, middle, and low-income countries should be revised to make room for more equal and productive relationships and emphasize capacity building for Jesus. Specific recommendations. The following recommendations emerge from the group's discussion. Uh, sorry, that emerged from the group's discussion and for, emphasize the support necessary from external institutions. Quality assurance mechanisms fostered by governments. Such mechanisms should give due value uh, to what is done in higher education institutions to promote and advance the sustainable development goals. A global sustainable development goal research and teaching central fund. We're in bullet points, by the way. This is the second bullet. A global SDG research and teaching central fund. Okay, so first we need quality assurance mechanisms fostered by governments that promote the, the Jesus development goals. Now we need a global Jesus development goal research and teaching central fund. A fund, a teaching central fund. Global fund. Global research and teaching fund to support faculty and teaching grants and fellowships for programs and projects related to the SDGs. Next, a global SDG higher education institution benchmarking system that could be set up, which unlike a ranking system that creates a competitive environment working from the top down, I wonder who hates competition so much, would qualitatively and quantitatively compare how higher education institutions advance different social, or sorry, sustainable development goals across the three areas of education, research, and outreach. So we're going to re, we're going to re benchmark rather than rank our, edu our, our, our universities into terms of how good they're doing on the 17 sustainability development goals. Hmm. With the highest recognition given to those that holistically, Marxistly, address a large number of sustainable development goals across all their activities. Imagine, let me just reread this part again with their Jesus thing, right? So, uh, with highest recognition given to those that spiritually address a large number of Jesus development goals across their activities. And it's like, come on, do you not see what this is? Why people got to be saying this isn't a religion, by the way? <clears throat> we won't say his name. Under the UNESCO umbrella, an annual sustainable development goal research and teaching conference. So there's your grift. They're going to have a conference where they're going to go do something probably somewhere like nice, like Barcelona. Could be held to foster exchange of ideas and best practices to adjust the current global challenges, deepening exchange between countries and regions. 
And last bullet in this section, donor agencies should should consider greater investments in institutions in the global south to boost the capacity of local researchers, research institutions, and think tanks to avoid a south-to-north brain drain and allow all countries to find sustainable solutions that match their needs. The following three specific recommendations for higher education institutions merit inclusion in the summary. Now, this is we're getting close to the end of the uh, introductory materials here, but this is really actually shocking. The three following specific recommendations for higher education institutions merit inclusion in the summary. One, to anchor and monitor sustainability activities in HEI, higher education institution governance structures, HEIs should consider establishing the post of Chief Sustainable Chief Sustainability or SDG Officer and or Sustainability Committee at the top level. That's in bold. Okay, so recommendation one, more political officers, a chief sustainability or SDG officer, and or a sustainability committee, we need more bureaucracy probably, at the top level. So three specific recommendations. Recommendation one, more commissars. Now, remember that thing, before I read number two, let's back up. Let's go back up. Back up, back up, back up, back up. Here we go. Ready? Remember this sentence? Remember this sentence? Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand academic freedom for the promotion of systemic change. So that for the promote, that, that clause there, that prepositional phrase there is doing a lot of work. And here's how you can know. Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand academic freedom. If you stopped there, you'd be like, okay, that's good. And then they add this prepositional phrase, or this, yeah, that's it, for the promotion of systemic change. So that turns out to change the meaning entirely. And you can know that. It's only certain types of academic freedom that are going to be allowed. And the way you can know that is by point number two here in terms of the uh, specific recommendations that must be included. And in fact, later in this, they, they mention this like three more times. Two, higher education institutions, now let me just say this slowly because it's important, higher education institutions must refuse to engage in research that supports non-sustainable practices or invest their endowment funds in support of the fossil fuel industry. In fact, I left out a a parenthetical, for example, the fossil fuel industry. Okay. Let's back up again. Back up, back up. I have to back up one little button at a time here. Okay. How did it say it? Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand basic academic... Sorry. Higher education institutions should not cease to protect and expand academic freedom for the promotion of systemic change. Higher education institutions must refuse to engage in research that supports non-sustainable practices, for example, the fossil fuel industry, or invest their endowment funds in support of the fossil fuel industry. That's big. Let this sink in, what they're asking, what they're saying, what binding and orienting the university to the theology of sustainability means. We're going to have more academic freedom as long as it's for systemic change in the direction of the Jesus, I mean, sustainable development goals. And so they, universities, higher education institutions must refuse to engage in research that supports non-sustainable practices, for example, the fossil fuel industry, 
or invest their endowment funds, hi BlackRock, in support of the fossil fuel industry. Three, higher education institutions should establish SDG-aligned and sustainable campus policies that develop prototypes of sustainable institutions. Once these are well-developed, higher education institutions could certify institutions in sustainability at different levels with clear goals for reaching higher levels of certification. So there's how committed to the commissary you are, to the Soviet you are, right there. That's it. This is a Sovietization of the university with sustainability as the uh, value promulgated by the Soviets instead of the people. It's now sustainability. Instead of, you know, the people, the workers, it's now sustainability. I'm still stuck on that. That, that second one's, you know, more commissars going to develop a model to, you know, show how compliant your campus is with rewards for making it more compliant, trying to rank universities this way, but to refuse to engage in research that supports non-sustainable practices. If you don't think that means the death of the university, you don't know what a university is. This kills the university and replaces it with a Agenda 2030 United Nations Sustainable Development Goal think tank. If that's what you think universities should be, more power to you. If you think that's what universities should be, you don't belong in one. This is the death of universities. Universities are dying a very strange death. They're turning themselves back into cathedrals. Hundreds of years ago, the church was the center of a community, and in fact, the, th the cathedral was the center of something much broader, an entire diocese or something like that. It was the intellectual, the communal center. You go to the church, every, the church is on top of the hill, everybody can see the church. It's the center of intellectual and communal and ethical life. And then the university started to supplant some of those roles, and this will complete the transformation of university back into the cathedral but the religion will be sustainability. Again, if I went through this and reread this, and every time we ran across the S word, we said Jesus instead, it would make a lot more sense. In accordance with its mandate, let me actually just read those three demands, by the way, in terms of the Jesus trick. The following three specific recommendations for higher education institutions merit inclusion in the summary. To anchor and monitor Christological or Christian activities in HEI government structures, HEI should consider establishing the post of Chief Jesus or Jesus Development Officer and or a Jesus Committee or Christian Committee at the top level. Higher education institutions must refuse to engage in research that supports non-Christian practices, for example, probably woke stuff or something, or invest their endowment funds in support of these non-sustainable things. Higher education institutions should not sustainable, non-Christian, non-Jesus. Higher education institutions should establish uh, Christian-aligned and Jesus campus policies or Christian campus policies that develop prototypes of Christian institutions. Once these are well-developed, higher education institutions could certify institutions in Christology at different levels with clear goals for reaching higher levels of certification. It's really obvious if you put it in terms of religions you're familiar with. 
In accordance with its mandate, this report set, uh, the report set out to address the interplay between research, higher education, and sustainable development from a global perspective. Communism, communism. We have strived to achieve this first by developing the idea of working together for the sustainable development goals. No, you said it's a demand and a responsibility for every university to do this, by the way. And making the argument for a move towards inter- and transdisciplinary education and research, which, by the way, is a bunch of bullshit. That's just to move humanities people into the sciences. That's all it's for. Second, we have tried to, in other words, you need your priests to dictate what the scientists are allowed to discover. But the sustainability priests are the ones that you need, the humanities section, sector. Second, we have tried to communicate the importance of embracing the pluriverse. That's more on that later. I don't know why they just stuck it here, but we'll see. And opening up the, not the universe-ity, but the pluriverse-ity, and opening up the higher education institutions to a profound epistemological dialogue with other ways of knowing and with different sectors of society, including those that have been marginalized in higher education. But of course, because Ferry, that's what he did. Third, we have stressed the importance of strengthening the role of higher education institutions in society and seeking a strong voice in policy and practice through potent partnerships and networks. These three areas of further development of higher education institutions have strong cultural, structural, and even organizational and financial implications. The final recommendations, therefore, are intended to be studied and debated not only by the global higher education community, which I remind you, doesn't exist, but also by governments, funding agencies, and civil society organizations that can leverage them to play, I mean, that can engage with HEIs in better fulfilling their role in working towards a more sustainable and just society, a more Christian society. We now finish this report at a time when many countries are experiencing a new wave of COVID-19. <laughs> which has now affected multiple aspects of humanity for more than a year and a half. No, 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 the policies have. COVID-19, which is a bunch of policies, I mean, which involves endangerment of life, which is what I just said, in this case, human lives, is one severe consequence of unsustainable ways of relating to nature. Gain-of-function research, I guess, is an unsustainable way of relating to nature. Isn't relating to nature a funny way to put that? It's not like something Marx would write. The impact of this pandemic on poverty, inequality, and also on the environment underlines the call this group is making for higher education institutions to leverage the name of the pandemic to get a political, I mean, whoops, to work harder in support of the 2030 agenda toward a healthier, more sustainable, and more inclusive world. So that's the introductory materials to this nightmare of a document, and uh, it's enough to be getting on with. This is the introduction to the death of the universities, the strange death of the universities, the strange death where the universities went away from being primarily seminaries, religious institutions, and then have boomeranged back into being exactly that under a new religion, a new theology, having lost their binding to their old theology, the binding and orienting of all fields of knowledge in a particular direction of the good, a perverted, fake, transformational definition of the good under the brand name sustainability has become a new theology to bind and orient. The entire purpose, practice, research, and teaching obligation of the university. The university is proving the dialectic of enlightenment by deciding to eschew 
mythology to put away mythology. It has created its own myth of its own rationality that has then gone a step further and has adopted a whole new faith, which was subversively added to it slowly over the last 50 years. I should say slowly and now all at once. I want to urge you to remember that the strange death of the university and its final death stroke here is being facilitated by the United Nations. The United Nations Educational Science and Cultural Organization, UNESCO, is the one that wrote, that commissioned, wrote, and published this document. It is on their website. This is the real thing. Agenda 2030 is not a conspiracy theory. It is a plan that is being put into action by people with way too much power that they don't deserve that they're not accountable uh, for holding. And they're, they're calling now to kill the universities. The universities are not universities anymore, or they barely, they barely are. If they're still, are they barely are. If they adopt this agenda, as the pressure on them will mount from multiple perspectives, as we just heard, to do, they will complete the death of the university. The university will no longer be a university. It will be a think tank for a particular political agenda for a particular group of people in a particular time that I think history will show was a terrible idea that was being led by a death cult. And the university will have died. In fact, a very, very strange death. So over the next few weeks, we'll unravel the rest of this document or most of the rest of this document some parts are pretty dry you might skip some of those and give you more insight into this strange death of the university that begins by invoking herbert marcuse's vision and saying that transformation is a red thread that runs through all of the sustainable development goals which are to become the new religious charge replacing the mission of every institution of higher education in the world.